I've taken the time to study the all 22 coaches film from the Buffalo Bills week six win over the New York Giants, and I'm sharing my top takeaways today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? Uh, it's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Well, folks, it's time to have our All-22 review discussion regarding the Bills' win over the Giants in Week 6. And... As always, I love doing this because we give you the immediate post-game reaction. That's always good. But after you study the tape, you really have the clarity needed to discuss what happened. And I'm excited to do that with you today. And we're going to start with examining the early offensive rut from the Buffalo Bills in this game. Then we're going to get into some offensive notes and snap counts, discuss the defense. I want to talk about Dorian Williams and Von Miller mostly there. Of course, other defensive notes, defensive snap counts, and studs and duds. Let's get into this offensive rut, this early offensive rut, a pretty frustrating start for the Buffalo Bills. Offense shut out through the first half, shut out through the first three quarters of the game, and it led to a lot of concern about what this Bills offense is and can it find rhythm and how capable is Ken Dorsey, all of that. And so I wanted to figure out, well, what happened here? What? Why did the Bills have such a sluggish start offensively, especially against a Giants defense that really hadn't stopped anybody this year? And so, as usual, the answers are in the tape. And I'll tell you what, getting into the tape was a great reminder of how slim the margins are in the NFL. A good reminder of how fine the line is between Ken Dorsey is a joke of an offensive coordinator and, wow, Great opening script by Ken Dorsey to be aggressive and get the passing game going, right? It's a fine line. And the way the NFL works is it's results-driven. It either happens or it doesn't. That That's how it goes. And so I'm going to highlight a lot of things that went right. I'm going to highlight a lot of things that went wrong. And you'll see some themes along the way that will explain, well, why did the Bills score no points through the first three quarters of this game? So let's talk about it. Let's get into this first series. First down, three-yard completion to Stephon Diggs. Second down, Stephon Diggs drops a pass that would have resulted in a first down, if not a whole lot more if he can make the first defender miss. Third down, Gabe Davis is gaining a lot of separation on an over route that would have been at least a 25 to 30-yard gain on third down, but his feet get tangled up and he falls, and the pass is incomplete, and you punt it away. 
Stefan Diggs drop on second down. Gabe Davis's feet get tangled up on third down, and you punt. That's what happened. That's what happened. Plays were there to be made, and they weren't made. Second drive, you're moving the football. Six plays, 40 yards. You feel like you're probably going to score. Second and 10, Gabe Davis fumbles at the plus 44-yard line. So you're in Giants territory, and your number two receiver is competing after the catch, has the ball in the wrong hand, right? He has it uh, in his inside. It needs to be in his right arm because he was that's what was closest to the sideline. He had it in his left arm, and he fumbled. Ken Dorsey can't call plays, right? He's awful offensive coordinator. I know that there's Ken Dorsey deserves criticism, right? I'm not saying he doesn't. Plays were there to be made. Execution wasn't there. Coughed up the football. Third series. You're humming again. 28 yards to Stefan Diggs on first down. A 10-yard run by Latavius Murray on the very next play. All of a sudden, it's first and 10 at the plus 37. You're in Giants territory at their 37-yard line. And you have another little sequence here that ends your drive. First down was a great play with poor execution. They ran mesh with Khalil Shakir and Stefan Diggs. And, and what mesh is, is when you have guys on opposite sides coming across the middle of the field, they kind of rub and continue on like over routes. And they also had a third receiver. Uh, Gabe Davis was running a go route to lift the roof off the coverage. Two guys go with Gabe Davis. Two guys go with Stefan Diggs. Shakir gets through the mesh clean as wide open for at least a 10 to 15 yard game. Josh's eyes never get there and he throws it at Steph Diggs feet. Now Josh Allen should have recognized where the coverage was and focused his eyes to where Shakir was, but it never happened. And so there's your opportunity to move the sticks guy was schemed wide open. Josh didn't throw him the ball. Second down was a no-gain completion to Stefan Diggs. He got tackled right away after he caught the football by Cordell Flott, a 175-pound corner. Third down, everything's covered. Josh is flushed, and he flicks it to Dawson Knox incomplete, and you punt the football after you were first and 10 at the plus 37. Fourth series. Now, I think this is probably where I have the most criticism for Ken Dorsey. It was probably a really good chance to come out and run the football. You had some miscues in the passing game. Lean on your rushing offense. Well, you didn't. The Giants dialed up some nice pressure schemes on the Bills. Uh, the Bills did throw a one-yard pass to Stephon Diggs and then two incompletions mixed in with a Stephon Diggs false start, and you wind up punting the football. I would say Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale won that series. Fifth series, you're humming again. 14 yards for James Cook. Another 14-yard run for James Cook on the first two plays. Here you are. First and 10 from the plus 37-yard line. James Cook runs for three yards, second and seven. Then you're under center, play action. Josh has Stefan Diggs over the middle of the field. Giants linebacker Bobby O'Karake makes a crazy good play to deflect the pass, and it goes incomplete. Then you get to third and seven. Josh climbs the pocket. He throws a touch pass to Diggs, has a little bit too much air on it, and you don't connect. Missed field goal. The six series, you start first and 25 from your own 10 after a holding and a false start. You get out of it. It's first and 10 from the Giants 46, so the plus 46 after a 19-yard completion to Diggs on the very next play, 
First and 10, Josh Allen throws an interception. Bobby Okereke, once again, makes a great play in coverage. He tips the pass. And Josh Allen needs just a little bit more on the pass. Knox was open in the middle of the field. So that's how you get shut out in the first half, despite six possessions. It's little things on every drive that wind up making it stall out. Plays were there to be made. And they didn't always make them, and it cost the Bills. And that's what it comes down to. Plays were there to be made. They didn't make them. It's the difference between people saying Ken Dorsey is a joke of an OC and Sean McDermott having to answer questions if he's going to consider a different play caller and the Bills having the type of lead that we all expected them to have. Now, you have to get that corrected. You have to find your rhythm. You need to be able to execute and make the plays when they're there to be made, but that wasn't the case. Now, from there, the offense had it going on. They only had three drives in the second half. The first one was 17 plays, 89 yards, took 9.58 off the clock. You scored a touchdown. Your second drive, 12 plays, 75 yards, 6.47 off the clock. You scored a touchdown. And then, of course, the last offensive drive was when you're milking the clock, you're forcing timeouts. Of course, you had the incomplete pass on third down. Josh was a little bit short on the throw. Dawson Knox had a chance to catch it. Didn't happen. And then, of course, you missed the field goal. That's how slim the margins are. Everybody in the world, what's up with the Bills offense? There's no rhythm. They, they, they come out sluggish. They're in a rut. They don't know how to get out of it. It's only Stefan Diggs. Well, I just went through with you. I explained to you the first six series, what happened, the miscues that were unfortunate, and, and why the Bills didn't come away with any points. And, and it's disappointing, but that's just the reality of how it goes. The margins are slim in the NFL. All right, folks, we got a bunch more to get to. Stick with me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, you know what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is you fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. And then if for any reason you need to switch therapist, you can do so at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. Folks, I got to tell you what. I am obsessed with DoorDash, the convenience is simply unmatched, especially in my busy life. And right now, the weekends for me are littered with football and just a little bit of time for anything else. And DoorDash is there for me. It brings me whatever I need right to my front door. I love ordering food from my local favorite local restaurants. I can even get groceries all dropped off right at my front door. And I love the consistency. DoorDash brings me what I want, just like I picked it out for myself at the grocery store. Or, of course, if I were to pick up my own takeout order, if there was a problem, they immediately handle it. So stop worrying about what's for dinner. Stop worrying about what you're going to snack on. Stop worrying about finding time to go to the grocery store. Let DoorDash handle that for you. Got a deal here. Get 50% off and up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON23, subject to change. Terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order 
when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off, up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. All right, folks, let's talk about these offensive snap counts and these offensive notes here. Now that we've kind of talked about the early rut in the game and what went wrong and just the little miscues that added up every single series, something, something got in the way of that drive continuing. And look, none of that small stuff, right? You fumble, you drop a pass, you your eyes aren't in the right place in a progression and you miss an opportunity. All of that takes away so much from your offensive rhythm. It takes away from your production, obviously. It takes away downs and snaps and opportunities to create more plays. And so is it any one thing? Yeah, I mean, I think you can you can put together a bunch of things, right? I don't think it's any one thing. It's it's execution, but okay, yeah, do they have another receiver that they can lean on, that they trust to create separation and make plays? Are they sprinkling in the run at the right times, right? All of that's into question, right? It's very fair questions. But at the end of the day, it really does to me, it comes down to execution. And I know that's such a buzzy phrase and you hear coaches say it in press conferences and it annoys you. But when you watch the tape and you see it, well, execute the play. It's there to be made. Execute. Do it. Do the right thing. And for some reason, that's just not happening with consistency right now. A couple of offensive notes here. Josh Allen, 3.19 average time to throw. By far the highest this season. And that's pretty impressive because he wasn't sacked and he was only hit one time by the Giants. So really good job by the Bills offensive line line and pass protection. Good protection schemes. The Bills were once again willing to, you know, do six, seven man protections, eight man protections a couple of times to make sure that Josh had time to use his arm strength and use his arm talent to make some throws. And I know that wasn't a ton of production, uh, but they they did a good job of keeping Josh Allen upright in this football game. Um, also play action percentage, 47% play action for the bills in this game. And, and you know me, I want it in the mid 30. So I'm ecstatic to see it at 47%. Josh Allen with play action, 10 of 14, 83 yards and a touchdown. So um, not a ton of yards there. And of course there wasn't much in the way of yards for the bills on offense, but a good efficiency uh, with play action once again. Offensive snap counts, the Bills had 61 offensive snaps. The way that that broke down personnel-wise, you had Josh Allen playing 59 of those snaps. Kyle Allen played two. Remember, Josh came out for a couple of plays. Uh, They examined his head for a concussion. He quickly cleared that and came back in, but he missed two snaps. At running back, James Cook, 30 snaps. Latavius Murray, 30 snaps. Damian Harris one snap, so his only one offensive snap was the play he got injured on. And uh, according to Sean McDermott in his press conference on Monday afternoon, uh, Damian Harris has been released from the hospital. He's at home in good spirits. Good spirits, excuse me. His neck is sore, and he's also in the concussion protocol. Reggie Gilliam played five snaps at tight end. Dawson Knox forty six of sixty one snaps. Quentin Morris eighteen. David Edwards, eight. I'm considering David Edwards a tight end, especially in this game where they didn't have Dalton Kincaid. Offensive line, Osiris Torrance, Connor McGovern, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse played all 61 snaps. Spencer Brown played 58, and Ryan Vandemark played three. If you remember, after that skirmish, Spencer Brown missed a few snaps 
and Ryan Vandemark filled in for him. All right, let's talk about the defensive side of the football, and I want to focus in on two players in particular, Von Miller and Dorian Williams. Obviously, Von Miller, second game back from the injury, played 27 snaps, um, and I want to tell you what I saw there. And, of course, Dorian Williams making his first NFL start, uh, filling in for, of course, Matt Milano. And so I want to talk about what that looked like on Sunday night. We'll get to Von Miller first. Uh, I know that he didn't necessarily do anything that's going to excite you in terms of splash plays or what the box score would indicate. But I will say this. I feel like he's getting closer. Um, His outside rush, you can see the finesse style that he typically brings to the table where he's winning with head fakes and being able to contort and dip dip and bend around the edge. Uh, You're seeing that. You're seeing some good hand swipes. The outside stuff looks to be coming back. Where I think he needs to really evolve from here is adding in his inside moves and adding some power components to what he's doing. Because uh, right now, everything is trying to win with speed and finesse around the outside hip or the near hip um, of the offensive tackle. So the near hip, if you're the pass rush, or the outside hip, if you're the tackle playing. Uh, and I think he needs to show more threat to the inside. I think he has to be more willing to get some speed to power going um, because right now I think he's very predictable trying to win on the outside. And I thought he saved some of that, some of those um, more um, power-oriented rushes using his length uh, for later in the game and bigger high-leverage situations. So you can see him kind of building his pass rush plan throughout the game. Um, But you know, obviously he didn't get a sack. I think he had one pressure in the game. He played 27 snaps. I will say that it felt like when Vaughn was in the game, Tyrod Taylor really kind of sped up his process. He got the ball out quick. Uh, a few times they they rolled out and moved the pocket to, you know, kind of get away from the Bills overall good pass rush. Um, but it, it was a step in the right direction for Vaughn. Watching it live, I didn't feel like that. I felt like he was ineffective. Watching the tape and seeing what he was trying to accomplish as a pass rusher, I felt better about it. So I think he's getting closer. He's certainly not there yet. Um, But I thought it was a pretty good step from last week against Jacksonville uh, to what we saw this week. So I think think we're moving in the right direction. Obviously, we're anxious to see dominant Von Miller. As for Dorian Williams, I'm looking at my notes. I have the word written down, FUN, in all capitals. He was, man. I I really enjoyed watching him play. You can see him kind of figuring it out as he goes. He's playing fast. He's playing physical. He's hunting the football. He's throwing his body around. He's playing with a hot motor. I mean, the the dude is out there bringing energy, and I can really appreciate uh, his effort and, and how he's trying to make an impact. He did have a couple of missed tackles, maybe a couple of coverage assignments where you want to see quicker responses to close down distances and get in position to carry routes, right? Things that uh, as he becomes a more repped player, as he gets more opportunity, as it slows down for him, I think will be better. But um, I can appreciate the energy that he's bringing to the table, the fast physical nature, the motor. It's all really good. And and I'm kind of kind of I- I- intrigued. I, I want to see him develop this year and see how that, uh, that evolution uh, goes for him as a player within the season. I can see him as a player that we look at and say, you know, from the time he really started to play to the end of the season, the the growth, I think it'll be pretty tangible how we can feel and measure that. So I liked what I saw, uh, really, really played with a lot of, lot of energy and, and 
did he make a couple of mistakes? Yes, but I didn't feel like it was the same as last week. He's just kind of still figuring out his angles, right? How do you how do you scrape over top, be a little bit tighter uh, to alignments? How you know all of that stuff? A couple of times misdirection stuff is really kind of messing with him a little bit. So he's just a player that needs more reps. Uh, but I like the way he's playing. There's a confidence. There's a fast physical nature, a high urgency uh, spirit about the way he plays the game. And I, I am really, really enjoying it. Guys, I got to tell you about game time. This is my new favorite way to buy tickets. Look, we know it can be stressful. You're going to try to go to a game. You're going to try to go to a comedy event, uh, music, a concert, a theater, something like that. It can be stressful. But with game time, it is not. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They have some great stuff going on. They have killer deals on last-minute deals. They've got some all-in prices. So the price that you see is the price that you pay. They give you a view from your seat. They have a best price guarantee, all in an app that is awesome. They have flash deals. And um, it's just it's so easy to navigate. Like, you want to see where you're going to sit. You're going to see what it's going to look like. You want the all-in price. You want a best price guarantee. You get it all from game time, and they send the tickets right to your phone. You don't have to dig through emails. Uh, they come right to your phone, and so it's awesome. You don't have to like plan for months in advance either. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, so snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's get into some other defensive notes here, defensive snap counts, and my studs and duds for the Bills win over the Giants. Almost doesn't feel like a win, I'll be honest with you. Just kind of being part of some of the social media discourse and listening to Sean McDermott and the questions that he's getting and all of that, it's just – I'll tell you – it's it's been it's been the the least exciting victory Monday that I can remember in a long time. I mean, the Bills won the game. Can, can we remind ourselves that the Bills won the game? All right. Now that you have that in mind, let's continue our conversation. Uh, defensive notes here. In addition to, I wanted to talk about Dorian Williams and Von Miller at the end of the game. There, that eight play stretch um, before they got it down to like the the one yard line. They brought in Saran Neal for Dorian Williams. I thought that was an interesting choice. I kind of get it. You you know that they're going to pass the football. um, And Dorian, I think, has been a little bit iffy in coverage to this point. And and they brought in Saran Neal, um, which was interesting to me. Um, Just wanted to make a note of that, uh, an observation that I had watching the tape. Um, I think it makes sense to play matchups and you know, lean into some more experienced players in, in high leverage situations. So I understand it, but I wanted to make a note of that. Let's talk about Kyer Elam real quick. Uh, people want to pounce on Kyer Elam. <laughs> I mean, this guy has become a punching bag for a lot of people. And, and he had two bad plays, right? He he got beat on the slot fade. Christian Benford did too, by the way, um, where, I mean, Kyer was pretty close in coverage, and that was an absolute dot of a throw. I mean, Tyrod put a lot of air under the ball and and gave that receiver a real chance to just get underneath the ball. And he created vertical leverage and, you know, credit to them for making the play, but it's not like Kyer Elam was just out of the screen or something like just completely dusted. I mean, it was a, it was a really good throw. It was a really good throw. 
And then of course the pass interference in the end zone was, you know, Dor- was Kyer getting grabby and, you know, costing the team there. But I thought really outside of those two plays, he was pretty solid. You know, I know that everybody wants to pounce on him and all that type of stuff. And at the end of the day, he's the fourth corner and the first corner and the third corner are injured. So he has to play. And so if you can calibrate yourself to like, look at him through the lens of a fourth corner, I thought he did pretty good outside of those two plays. Taron Johnson was an absolute monster in this game. He made some big time tackles. He was physical. Uh, they tried to put him in conflict quite a bit and he rose to the occasion. I thought Taron Johnson was, was a tone setter for the bills defense in this game. So uh spoiler alert, he'll be down as a stud, but I thought that guy was huge for the bills on defense and, um, you know, it's always, it's always impressive to see what's on his plate. He, he basically plays linebacker and corner for the bills and they funnel a lot through him. And I thought Taron Johnson was a high impact player. I thought this was Jordan Poyer's best game. Um, I know that it's another player that I feel like people are wanting to dog this year. And I think earlier in the season that made a lot of sense. I thought he was kind of shaky the first couple of games, but I thought this was a good performance from Poyer. They used him in a lot of low alignments closer to the box and thought he sniffed things out. I thought he did a good job tackling in this game. I thought the tackling overall was much improved. I think the Bills had six missed tackles, two by Dorian Williams, two by Terrell Bernard, and you know two more that were scattered. So good week-over-week improvement uh, for tackling, and I thought Jordan Poyer was a big-time leader in that department. Uh, also, A.J. Epinesa was awesome in this game. I just don't know why he didn't play more. I mean, he played 21 snaps and really in some of the big high leverage moments later in the game, I wanted to see him on the field and he wasn't. In fact, there was some plays in those in that last drive by the giants where Kingsley Jonathan is, is on the field rushing the passer. It's like, where is AJ Epinesa? Um, and so, yeah, I, I could have, I could have certainly uh, handled more AJ in this game. I had, a, I had an appetite for more AJ Epinesa and uh, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm I'm still hungry. I wanted to see him more. I thought he was making an impact. And then for whatever reason, he didn't uh, have as much opportunity down the stretch. I mean, I don't think there's been any comments about it. I don't think Sean McDermott addressed it in his Monday press conference, but it's something that I'm quite curious about. As for defensive snap counts, the Bills played 77 defensive snaps, still a a good amount. Uh, Here's how that snap distribution went. Defensive tackle at Oliver, 67 snaps. That dude's playing a ton right now for this defense. Jordan Phillips, 37 snaps. Tim Settle, 19. Puna Ford, 19. I'm guessing you're going to see that type of distribution. I think they're going to start Jordan Phillips with Daquan Jones out. Uh, Ed Oliver is going to play a ton of snaps, and then you're going to fill it in with Tim Settle and Puna Ford. I thought Puna Ford was okay. Run defense seemed to be fine. Tim Settle's okay as well. It just feels like he's... I want. I just keep wanting more impact out of him. At defensive end, Greg Rousseau, fifty-four snaps. Leonard Floyd, forty-five. Von Miller, twenty-seven. AJ Epinesa, twenty-one. Shaq Lawson, thirteen. Kingsley Jonathan, five. And so, I mean, you're dressing six defensive ends, which is a ton. I think the problem is you're dressing six while Rousseau's still working through a foot injury. Ankle. Uh, Leonard Floyd's wor- working through an ankle injury. Von Miller's recovering, coming back from an ACL tear. Shaq Lawson has a foot injury. So, like, yeah, you're dressing six, but only two of them you feel like are completely healthy right now. At linebacker, Terrell Bernard played all 77 snaps. I thought he played really well once again. 
Um, he continues to just week over week uh, affirm who he is as an impact starter for this defense. Dorian Williams, 65 snaps. Tyrell Dotson, four snaps. Uh, Dotson came in in some short yardage type situations, and he was on the field with Dorian Williams. At corner, Christian Benford and Kyer Elam played all 77 snaps. Taron Johnson, 73. Saran Neal played 13. Some of those as a slot player, some of them as just a true linebacker, like I mentioned, uh, filling in for Dorian Williams in that late you know, situation where they had to pass the ball. And then at safety, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde played all 77 snaps. And once again, that means Taylor Rapp didn't play any snaps. So uh, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here, and it's now my expectation that he won't play at all. Uh, but early on, they tried to get Taylor Rapp involved in this defense, and it just didn't go well. Um, and so now he's not even getting those opportunities. So you have it, the All-22 review from Bills, Giants. Really wanted to focus in on the offensive rut. Wanted to focus in on Von Miller, Dorian Williams, of course, my random notes as well. Hope that you enjoyed. Oh, studs and duds. I got to give you my studs and duds real quick. Uh, I lost my place here in my notes. Studs, Quentin Morris, you make a big-time play like that when you don't get a lot of opportunity, you're a stud. James Cook loved the week-over-week growth, uh, corrected all the issues and problems that I had with him last week and really improved. A.J. Epinesa, I thought the 21 snaps that he played, he was outstanding. Uh, Taron Johnson, Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau battling through a foot injury right now. Uh, Run defense was outstanding. The pass rush to contain was excellent. Two duds this week, Gabe Davis, Tyler Bass. Gabe Davis um, needed – Needed to be able to make more of an impact in this game and obviously the fumble early on, and he never really bounced back. And then Tyler Bass, you missed two field goals um, in a game where the Bills scored 14 total points and won by five. Um, Can't have it. Can't have it for uh, an established kicker like that. So there you have it. That's the All-22 review. Hope you enjoyed. Our next conversation will be herd mentality before we then shift our focus to the Bills' Week 7 matchup against the New England Patriots. So don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.